Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You take a bouquet of flowers, what do you do? You go... That was actually my chance to clear my nose, but... <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh. And then you take the note, and you read it, and go, oh, from a loved one. And it's sweet, and it's wonderful. 1990, Saudi Arabia. Desert storm. I was at the hospital stationed in El Jubal, the city of El Jubal. And... I remember very clearly, I had an opportunity one time to call Elvira and say hi to her. I called her from Saudi. And I'm on the phone with her and I said, honey, hey, it's me. Hey, good to talk to you. I'm like, hey, listen, listen, honey, I got only a few seconds to talk, but listen. She goes, what? I said, send me mail. Mail? Yeah, honey, send me mail every single day. Every single day, honey, I want you to write me a letter and put it in the mail every single day, and then I'll get mail every single day. And she says, what? That's a lot of standards. Who cares about money? I'm in Saudi Arabia risking my life for my country. Dear, send me mail. Now, remember, I mean, there's missiles pointed toward the hospital. This is a very dangerous environment. There's Marines surrounding the perimeter. I mean, we are in danger here. We are at war. And what's the most important thing? Not the missiles, but my mail. Mail is important. Now, if you've been in the military, you know mail is important. And then when they say, mail call, you drop what you're doing. I don't care if you're doing CPR on somebody. You go, oh, yeah, yeah. Got anything for me? <laughs> Rodney, Rodney, Rodney Finch with an F, F-I-N-C. Got anything for me? Jones, Thompson, William. I, you're always the last to get your mail. That's kind of the way it works. There's something very evil about that. You're very last to get your mail. Got mail for me? Yeah. And then I got a letter from Elvira. I'll never forget this letter, and I forgot all day to bring it out to the service. I wanted to show it to you. It was actually a card I got from Elvira. I still have it. I've got a stack of them actually in my office on my desk. And I got this one card. It's particularly funny because she opens up the card, and she says, Hey, Mr. Big Head. (laughs) Yes, loving wife. That was our love language, you know, Mr. Big Head. Well, Rodney Jr. is doing this, and this is going on with Chanel, and this is going on in the family. But it was so wonderful. And then I would smell the cart, and it smelled like her. I mean, good smells, you know what I mean, nice smells. (laughs) She smelled good, y'all. You 
know what I'm saying. And she's always like, oh, yes. I was like, my honey. Well, see, our prayers are like letters and notes to God. He loves to get mail. God loves to get mail. And he loves to get your mail. And the Bible says that our prayers, no matter how simple they are, God hears every single one of them. He never, ever, ever forgets about them. He gathers your prayer. God's waiting to hear from his people. Why don't we pray? Why don't we pray? If God's waiting to hear from us, then why don't we pray? First Peter chapter 3, verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open into our prayers. The idea there in this verse, in this verse, the idea is that God is kind of down like this here. And he's got his ears like this. Okay, I'm going to hear from you. I haven't heard from you in a week. Well, a month's gone by. Man, I haven't heard from you in a year. I'm waiting to hear the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open, open to my prayers. Yeah. God wants to hear from us. Then why don't we pray? And those prayers ascend to heaven as a sweet smell. Well, notice after the incense is burned up. Notice in your Bibles, after the incense is burned up and after the prayers are heard, notice the prayers went up and God takes those prayers out of the bowls and he mixes it with the incense of heaven. And note this, he throws it back down to the earth. Did you get that? Notice it came from the earth to heaven, and now it's cast, or literally herald, down from heaven to the earth. The silence is over, and the judgment begins. You see, the world won't come to the Lord through the altar of forgiveness, and so the altar comes to the world for judgment. So this angel, he throws the fiery coal to the earth, and notice what the result is thundering, lightning, and earthquakes. That is the preparation in verses 1 through 6, which brings us to the seven trumpet judgments. Now, recently I have been asked, do I think that these judgments are figurative and symbolic or literal events that will take place on the earth? Are they metaphorical? Are they figurative? Are they symbolic or are they literal? And I answered that question as a matter of fact, without hesitation, these judgments that are coming upon the earth are literal, just as literal as the judgments that came upon Egypt. It is insane to read the account of the people of Israel in Egypt and the plagues that came upon the people in Egypt and to think that they were metaphorical or figurative. Well, tell it to the children of Israel. Tell it to the Egyptians when they went to make up their beds and frogs were popping out everywhere. They couldn't get rid of frogs and locusts and the Nile River turned to blood. Tell it to them. It wasn't figurative at all. It was literal. And what we are about to see is literal. These are the things that you must go away from here and you must tell your friends and you must tell your family members that this is what is to take place on the earth. Should you not get raptured and should you be here, you need to know what to expect. These things are awful, these plagues that are coming upon the earth. Jesus spoke of them in Luke chapter 21, talking about the last days, signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. 
on the earth, dismay among the nations. And men, get this, in Luke 21, will be so fearful that they will die. Can you imagine having that kind of fear that you will die? Your heart will stop because you are so afraid, Jesus talked about. Oh, they're literal. Psalm 148, verse 8, look it up in your own time. Fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. And it's interesting to note that these first four trumpets that we're going to look at briefly this morning are blown. And we see the earth is pulverized. The first trumpet affects the land in verse 7. The second trumpet affects the salt water in the oceans. The third trumpet affects the fresh water. And then finally, the fourth trumpet this morning, the sun and the moon. Notice that. First of all, the first trumpet, we find that in verse 7. If you're there in your Bible, say amen. amen. The first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up and all, circle that, green grass was burned up. Notice that hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and the result was a third of the trees were burned up. And all green grass was burned up. Now, this wouldn't be the first time that fire rained down in judgment. Genesis chapter 19. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from heaven. And then in Exodus chapter 9. When God was bringing the plagues on Egypt, he brought hail and fire upon the Egyptians. So it wouldn't be the first time that God rained down judgment on man. Now notice this here and think about this if you will. Think it through with me. A third of all the trees are burned up and all green grass is burned up. Did you see that? This will affect the balance of nature completely will affect the balance of nature. I mean, think about it. All the trees, all the trees. Think about all the trees in North Carolina. Beautiful state. A lot of people love North Carolina, especially people who come visit me from California. California is dry and barren. You ever fly into California and you look down and you go, yuck. It's just brown. Flying to North Carolina, there's a carpet of trees. Don't you love it? A third of all the trees are burned up. Now, that's not just for North Carolina. That's global. The world. A third of all the trees off the Rockies, off the Alps, off the Andes. A third of all trees gone, which leads to a depleting of the oxygen. Think about that. Affecting the air quality. The weather pattern changes, the ozone layer changes, smog increases, and poisons in the air, they start to hang around, causing further sickness. People are suffering. And of course, this then will affect the food supply. You see, by destroying the green grass, the cows won't eat. And if the cows don't eat, then we don't have meat and we don't have a thriving dairy industry. This is impacting, and this is huge. 
But this is only the beginning. Notice the second trumpet in verse 8. Then the second angel sounded and something like, something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the living creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. Notice that as people are watching, all of a sudden something like a great mountain penetrates the ozone layer and falls upon them. Now notice it says something like, maybe in some of your Bibles it might say as if, as if, something like a mountain or a great mountain. I took the time to look this up, this word great in the Strong's Concordance. And the definition, get this, for the word great was so long, I didn't want to take time to read it to you. But here's the Rodney version of the word great, what it means. It means this, really, 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 super duper, really, really, really huge and humongous. That's the Strong's Concordance interpretation. It's huge. It is so big. Whatever it is that came out of the sky and fell into the ocean, it is so big it is beyond our comprehension. So it could possibly be, and many scholars believe it may be, a giant, 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 giant meteorite or an asteroid the size of Mount Everest. But when this really large thing hits, the result is a third of the sea became blood. And now if you like the fish, this is gross. You will not want to fish. This is gross. And a third of the fish, notice, and living creatures destroyed. And a third of the ships were destroyed. Now we do know three-fourths of the earth's surface is covered in ocean water. And the Atlantic Ocean makes up a third of the world's oceans. And a third of the ships afloat are in the Atlantic region. So some believe that this is a reference to the Atlantic Ocean becoming blood, speculation. But if the ocean became like blood, then this is awfully, awfully stinky and disease infested. Notice the third trumpet in verse 10. Then the third angel sounded and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star? Wormwood. Hmm, sound familiar? A third of the waters became wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. Now the wrath of God reaches inland, the land is hit, the oceans are hit, and now the fresh water is hit. A great star fell from heaven, and its name was Wormwood. Now the connotation of Wormwood, you might want to write this in your Bibles, it speaks of death. Wormwood was a little bitter plant that was poisonous and deadly and used as a toxic substance since ancient times. So the star falls named Wormwood. And a third note of the rivers and their sources will become so polluted that the drinking water will kill you. Interesting. Now here is something very interesting. The Russian word for wormwood is Chernobyl. 
Is that interesting? Chernobyl is one of those areas of the world where wormwood used to grow. But since the reactors exploded, they don't grow there anymore. Interesting. So the grass is gone. The trees are gone. The oxygen depleted. The oceans are destroyed. There's no fresh drinking water and the rivers aren't flowing. Things have come to a grinding halt. But notice in verse 12, the fourth and final seal. The fourth angel sounded, or trumpet, pardon me, the fourth trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, verse 12, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that the third of them was darkened, and a third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And I looked in verse 13, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Now, the first three judgments affected a third of the earth, but this fourth judgment, note, affects the entire earth. Why? Well, because it affects the earth's energy, the sun. I mean, think about it. With less light or less sunlight, a third less sunlight, the earth will have a third less energy. And so you'll have less light and more night, which will then produce a myriad of psychological and emotional problems. Because we know that in countries where they have less light and more night, they have a high rate of depression and suicide and alcoholism. Interesting. So it affects the sun. And people, we, people, are designed for light. You know, Jesus said, he is the light of the world. He came into the world. But men love darkness rather than light. We need light. Genesis chapter 1. The sun, the moon, the stars were created to give light to the earth and to show the times and the seasons. But now the planet is off of his axis and judgment is happening and the light is gone and men's hearts are darker and darker and they have become harder and harder. And where there is less light, note this, there will be less food crops. Interesting. And animals, less animals. And the temperatures will drop significantly. It'll be very cold upon the planet during this trumpet judgment. Now, let's just take note of something in closing really briefly. I want to be sure, to be clear, that these are not random acts of nature. These are not random acts of nature. God is in control. God is in charge. These are not random acts of nature, but intentional acts of God. Intentional just like they were in Egypt. Oh, you might remember God smote the waters of Egypt and they turned to what? Blood. They turned to blood. Well, not only did the Nile River turn to blood, but all of their drinking water. You could have been pouring water from a glass, I mean, from a pitcher. And at that moment, when God smote the water, it turned to blood. You see, why did God do that? Because it was just random. God was just choosing, oh, I'll just think, oh, let's see, oh, I think I'll uh, grab the water. No, no, it was intentional because the Egyptians worshipped the Nile River. 
They did. As a matter of fact, they worshiped the Nile River so much they would throw their babies and sacrifice to the Nile River. They would throw their babies in the Nile. It was awful. And God said, oh, you want to worship the gods of, of creation? You want to make a god out of creation, out of something I created, by the way? Okay, fine. I will show you, God says, that I am God and there is none other like me. None. There is no other God. Not the Nile, not Mother Earth. God says, okay, you want to worship the earth? Okay, fine. God's in control. People and their astrology and their animals and their gods blew me away last week. Maybe you knew. I, it was kind of news to me, I guess, but it is a criminal offense, a felony charge to kill the egg of an eagle. But you can kill a baby, and it's your choice. It's my choice. Well, you can kill a baby when it's almost full term, and it's your choice. You can have your choice. But you kill the egg of an eagle, and you face up to five years in prison. What's up with that? Folks are crazy. Say amen. People are nuts. Come on, man. Egg, baby. Egg, baby. Baby. Life, God-given life. Calling wrong, right, and right, wrong, as the Bible says. You see, these are intentional acts of God, and that's why we have got to go tell people. You see, John knows this is bad stuff. John knows it's bad. He says, woe, woe, woe to the, three woes, to the inhabitants of the earth. See, John knows it's bad. We think it's a joke. John says, no, it's no joke. This is bad. And if you think this is bad, you ain't seen nothing yet. Read on. Read on. Chapter 9, read on. Blow your way. Blow your way. I was reading over with my wife last night, and we just kept reading and reading and reading. Judgment's coming. And you know what? I got to tell you something, and then I'm going to let y'all go home. God's not in heaven wringing his hands going, <laughs> judgment on the people. Yeah, I'm trying to blast them. Yeah, I can't wait. That's not God. God's not trying to blast you. God is trying to bless you. Amen? And that's why he tells us all this stuff. He didn't have to tell us. He could have let it all just come upon us. We'd be like, oh, what is all this? Well, God, if you didn't give me a chance to tell me about it, maybe I would have done something about it. Hello? No. God's not wringing his hands and happy about these things. You know, Peter, 2 Peter, we don't have time to look at it, but, but 2 Peter, he tells us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come, to, should come to repentance. And prior to that, he's talking about the elements will melt with a fervent heat. The earth is going to be destroyed. But God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is God's heart. That is God's desire. He does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. God is not in heaven going, great, you slow lights, you all deserve it. That's not what he's doing. God is a loving God. 
And let me tell you something. And even in God's judgment, he's still loving. You can count on it. God's love is one thing, the only thing that you can count on. God loves you. and God loves me. And his grace is new every day. Even in the judgment, God yet still gives people an opportunity to repent. Do it today. What's wrong with just saying, Lord, forgive me? Why are people so arrogant and so prideful? And they can't even say the word, I'm wrong. Why? Jesus died for wrong people like me. He died for wrong people like you. And if you simply just say, Lord, I'm wrong, and you are right, that's what it means to confess the Lord Jesus. I'm wrong, you're right. You're God, I'm not. Amen. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.